You're listening to the Journey Church Podcast. At Journey Church, our vision is to see dreams discovered and built and broken dreams rediscovered and rebuilt. Our mission is to love God, His Word, and His world. For more information on how to connect with us, please stay tuned following the message. Now, we trust that you'll be blessed by the following presentation. Thank you so much for inviting us. We already feel like we are home. Uh, We love Journey Church. Hallelujah. We love Journey Church. Oh, we love our friends so much. They've been taking us along, and wow, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping and I'm waiting to see someone of you. I mean, some of you guys in November so they can revenge. That's how we say it. Revenging is like, I'm going to pay you back what you did. Anyway, come on. So I'm here. I mean, I want to share with you. Actually, I'm, I'm not here to preach you guys. I mean, I'm just here to share with you about God's calling on our life, the experience, the, the joy that we have in God's call. Hallelujah. So uh, there are many things that helps us to pursue God's calling for our lives. Some of us will say, God, I mean, called me to serve. God called us to go. Others are called to give, are called. I mean, there are many callings, but my question is, what is God calling you in your life? How do you know God's call for your life? There are many books, uh, writers. There are many uh, series online. There are many preachings and preachers and pastors who have talked about God's calling. I'm here maybe to share a bit more about God's call. God called me and my wife uh, after just our marriage. We knew God was calling us in mission. We knew God was calling us to be missionaries, not to, li- to live in our own house, in our own home. We traveled, I don't know how many miles, how many kilometers. For the last three years, we were traveling around Africa, Tanzania. We lived in Tanzania. I remember the birthday of my son when he was two years old. We were in the prison, in the jail. You remember my wife? 15th of November, 20. 10, 11, we were just we were in the jail, we were caught because we were preaching the good news to Maasai people, and it was, we were not allowed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they took us in the jail, and we were there, and it was the birthday of my son, we started saying, happy birthday to you, and the policeman came, who are these people, you were rejoicing in the prison, you were singing, we're like, yeah, we are Christian, and people who were there loved us so much, and we lived in a very different places. We have been in South Sudan. Uh, election of 2010, the first election in, in, Su- in South Sudan, we were there preaching the good news, reaching out to these uh, groups of robbers. I remember like three times these guys hold a gun on my head, want to kill me, but they couldn't pull their trigger. The Holy Spirit moved them. And God called us to work with one organization that is very known here in the U.S., Youth with a Mission or YWAM, but we are missionaries in our own, ha- in our own country. I want to share with you God's calling on your life. God has a habit of using the least likely, ordinary, poor, and humble people. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, we see God using ordinary people and choosing least I mean, people from small tribes, from small families, even small countries. Help me to read uh, 1 Corinthians verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 26 to 29. 
Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were, were wise in the world eyes of powerful or worthy. When God called you, instead God chose these things the world consider foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. 28. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and uses them to bring to nothing that what world consider important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. I believe, if you believe with me, the purpose of God choosing these people is in order to show his glory. Amen. He is the creator and sustainer of all. And the reason why we can do anything. Let me share with you about a story that you're all familiar with, the story of David. David's whole life bears witness of God's faithfulness. David's story and Goliath. I mean, you can read the whole story, but let me just share with you the first Samuel 17, uh, 32 to 33. I love this conversation between David and Saul. Don't worry about this first time. This is David speaking to Saul. I will go fight him. Saul replied to him, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a small boy, or you are only a boy. He has been a man of war since his youth. Many of us maybe have faced those kind of uh, oppositions when we are sharing God's calling on our lives. Like me. It makes sense though. There's no reason he should defeat Goliath. David, but David has had something that this first time didn't have. He had the living God. Amen. He had the living God. This was his secret. My question to you and myself today, what do you have? What gives you confidence? What, gi what gives you motivation to do what you do, to be where you are. What brought you even here this morning? What, what is God's call on your life? I'm sure nobody called you this morning. Hey, wake up. It's time to go to church. Amen. Why does God choose to walk through such broken, lonely, feeble people? I love it in uh, French. Burundi is... Uh, French is a second language. We speak Kirundian and French and Swahili. I'm able to speak actually five languages. So, in French, it's a, les personnes qui est faible, les faibles personnes, a very weak person, and where, poorly, failure or failing, powerless, not even important person. Why does he raise a shepherd boy to become the ruler of his chosen people? Those are questions that we need to ask ourselves. Why does he use a stone to kill the giant? Why does he walk through people or weak people? Why does he walk through people at all? If we can just be knocked down, killed by a rock. Why? 
The purpose that I believe in this is this, this, is, uh, this conflict is, God here is showing that there's God in Israel. God wants to show that I have a man, I have a young man in the journey church that I can use. Hallelujah. God wants to establish, uh, to establish his kingdom through this man. Generations later, Jesus came from this family line. We all know the generation of Jesus. Friends, many Christians, including myself, wonder what God's calling is for our lives. This is a question many Christians want to know, but have no clue where to start to find the answer. We are drawn to the ideas of knowing and pursuing our calling. That's why so many of us want to know, there, are we in the right path? I know if I ask you, if I ask each one of you here, are you on the right track? Do you know where you are? Are you called? Are you sure? We all want to know that. We, want, we all pursue to know that. Day by day, night by night. There is a, there's no better place to go than the scriptures for the answer. The Bible offers a great insight into God's plan and will for his people. The Lord has a great plan for you. Tell your neighbor, the Lord has plan for your life. Scripture tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord. The plans, the plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. If you are maybe somewhere where you're asking yourself, what is my future? Dad and mom, what is my future? Hello, pastor, what is the future of this church? Read Jeremiah 29, 29 verse 11. Hebrews 11 Eight, it was by faith Abraham obeyed God's call to go to another place God promised, he, promised to give him. He left his own country without knowing where he was to go. Some of us, God, I, I want to know. I want to make sure what I want to do. Come on, sometimes God will not give you option to know. It's not about feelings, God. Hey. Are we together? I mean, I've seen, I've met many young people say, I feel I want to do this. I feel I want to go there. I feel I want to do. It's not about feeling. It's about obeying. Hallelujah. You say, yes, here, Lord, I'm ready to go, whatever you tell me to go. Amen. Amen. I was born and raised in a Christian family. Both my parents were believers. I had things of God and stories in the Bible since when I was little, because Burundi, as I told you, 99% actually is called, is called Christian country, Catholic, uh, dominating. However, when I was 12 years old, things changed. Both my parents died. My mom died uh, when actually after giving birth, she, she had a heart attack and she died. She passed away. My dad got attacked by robbers and they beated him and smashed him and left him half dead. When we arrived there to take him to the hospital, it was too late. After a few days, he died. Our country as well was going through hard time. Killings, genocide, you know, I mean, human eating another human being. 
as a young teenager, boy of 12 years, these things were so overwhelming. I couldn't handle it. And I was the oldest boy in the family. I had five young brothers who were just there. No father, no mother, nothing we had left with. I started using drugs such as a marijuana just to get myself sleep at night. I was taught how to use gun and join this group of young robbers. We called ourselves robbers. Our name was without failure. Sansa Sheik in French. Sansa Sheik, if we hit you, if we meet you, we will not fail. We will not fail, we kill you. So I never thought how a human can kill another as a young boy, a teenager. Because of who she is, because of his tribe, I am, as I told you, 94% of the population in Burundi is Hutu, and there's 14% 14 Tutsi, and 1% is Twa. So some of you are familiar with genocide that happened in Rwanda. In Rwanda, Hutus planned to kill Tutsi, and Tutsi in Rwanda never defended themselves. So parents, youth, I mean, people, they just waited and they came, they slaughtered them, they killed a million people in three months. In Burundi, it's a little bit different. It became war. So when Hutus wanted to finish Tutsi, which was possible, 84% can finish 14%, Tutsis, our dads, our parents say, no, they cannot just come and kill us. Let's defend ourselves. Let's protect our, our wives and children. So that's how I ended up, were taught how to use gun when I was in the school, primary school, year five. So you can defend, protect yourself, or protect your family. I remember one day I asked my dad, what is our tribe? What is my tribe? He told me, never ask me that question. Protect yourself. Burundi was divided like a cake or a pizza. So it was a border, some part, you go there, if you are Tutsi, you get killed. You come in this area, if you are Hutu, we finish you. So I'm one of the Tutsi tribe. With that story going on, things were too much. Friends, some of you maybe have heard about killings and genocide in Africa. You think maybe these are not real. I went through this situation. I remember 1993 to 2005, thousands of people, maybe a million of people. The war took 15 years of conflict. Women lost their husbands, husbands were left without women, children were left orphans, and other things that I cannot really finish to tell you here. I will never forget the 7th of July in 2003, after 10 years of this conflict, one day, it was during the battle, fighting with the enemy who were coming to kill our brothers and sisters, as I told you this story. Most of my friends got killed over there. And everyone, I think that, that city was empty. People, like my wife was still was there, we were living in the same city actually. She, th they were taken to this one zoo, uh, there's a zoo where animals live. Uh, and the army protect them there so they cannot be killed. So young people were, we remain in the city fighting for our city. 
I was reminded this short prayer that we used to, to pray when we were kids in Sunday school at the church. And I open up my mouth. I say, Lord, if you save me from here, I will go wherever you will ask me to go. I will do whatever you ask me to do. I will, I will do anything. And for me, I believe that was a call from God. I don't know, friends, if you have been in some situation or somewhere where you, pro you made a promise with God. You say, God, if you do this, I will do this to you. I believe that was a call for my life. As it is written in Psalm uh, 18, uh, 48, he delivers me from my enemies. Surely you lifted me above those who raised up against me. You rescue me from the violent men. He does what we cannot do. Nothing is impossible with God. He is the giver and sustainer of life. It is only because of him that we can live, breathe, and exist. Because of him, we are here today to worship him. God makes a way where there's no way. I was able to come out of that, that city. I left everything, the gun, I was able to, 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 to come out. People have no choice but to acknowledge God in everything. God has done something in particular that we, humanity, could never do. Amen. Amen. God gave me a vision. After a while, after some time, of seeing broken hearts restored through the love and hope of Jesus Christ, educating children, training young people, and transforming peoples of any background, various background in Burundi and beyond. I wrote down that vision. Guess what? Imagine, until today actually, yesterday I was watching on Facebook, maybe you can find this on the Voice of America radio, a woman that was left with four kids, her husband uh, kicked him out because of his tribe in Burundi. Because she's Hutu and the husband is Tusi. I don't want you. Still, he's still there. God called me and he gave me a beautiful wife. She's not from my tribe. Actually, on our wedding, we were on our own. Nobody supported us. But God was establishing something. Hallelujah. God was doing something. God was calling us to bring reconciliation among these people. Amen. 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 He called us to rescue children, youth, people, poor families, and other different activities that we've been doing there for the last, I don't know, uh, seven, six years, or I mean, uh, ago. I want to share with you a short video that I was able to make, because some of you may be... Uh, will not be able to, to, make, I mean, to make it come to Burundi again this trip, but I pray that the whole journey, church, you will come to Africa, to the heart of Africa. That's the prayer. Come on. Put on the video. God bless you. Burundi is an interdenominational movement called to know God and make him known. Youth with a mission Burundi 
was started by Jagan and the Wolf with a mission to evangelize, to train and to disciple children, youth and families of any background to support, prepare and restore their future for the development of their lives. educating 110 children from poor families. Why these kids receive a quality education? They also benefit of the Bible-based training that enables them to live godly lives. Youth with a Mission Burundi, in its program Bujumbra Bright Beginning School, provides a meal every day. This has changed the life of these little ones. This love is sweeter than Strategically placed along the lake, Youth with a Mission Burundi is reaching out to fishermen. Many of them have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and now they are receiving a foundational teaching on the Bible. Our staff team is giving first aid medical health care and we receive at least 10 people each day that come to us for basic care of physical wounds and injuries. We believe this is paving a way to open a clinic in the future. It's always like springtime with you, making all things new. Kavezi community has a dominantly poor people, and most of the families live in huts with leaking roof when it rains. But we are trying to build homes to the most vulnerable families. The community of Kavezi counts also many orphans. We are giving care of those who need parental love and affection by meeting both physical and emotional needs. Your light is breaking through the dark. This love it is sweeter than wine, bringing joy. In our green business project, we are teaching our community to build, plant, and grow different kinds of vegetables. Alongside that project, we are raising pigs that generate manure for our crops. Pigs also multiply so quickly in numbers. They are giving us an income that helps us to care for some of our needs. This is what you do. This is a call to solve. We are being called to solve these people. The harvest is plentiful, but laborers are few. Come, 
Join us and be part of what God is doing in Burundi. Amen, amen, amen. I was looking at Tiffany. She was there 2012 praying for that land. Uh, so today, there's a life there. Uh, let me tell you, friends, this place, this village is just uh, 20 minutes away from the capital city of Bujumbura, Burundi called Bujumbura. 15 years ago, you give me billions, money, everything. You ask me to go in this village. It was kind of like a suicide. This is where the war started and ended. Always was fighting massive, heavy guns. Many people lost their lives in this village. And that's where God called us to go and serve these people in this village. When we embrace the God calling on our lives and act in obedience, change happens. God knows the need, the needs of people, and the places where, well, before we have any idea of what's going on. He has the solution of the problem. We, as a people, we need to just listen to him. How different would the world be if people had, had, had of ignored their calling to the society and addressed the needs of today? They shaped much, and today we feel like and experience the result of their obedience. I'm talking about Jesus' disciples. Tell your neighbor, we're the makers of history. Repeat, we are the makers of history. We are still in God's plan, and we have a part to play in redemption of this earth. God has created everyone individual and unique. He has placed within us a certain passion and ability. These are part of a reason. Brothers and sisters, believe me, God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. There is a purpose for you and I to be who we are today. If you read Isaiah 43, uh, verse 7, we are called first and foremost to be in relationship with God. Second, to live according to his word because he has shown us the best way to live in the Bible. When we do these things focused on God and doing it, uh, do this work within him, we are bringing God's kingdom. We must cultivate our abilities and use them. We must develop and grow them. For a very long time, the church has taught us that the church work is more holy and sacred than other positions or occupations. They have elevated environment in the church as if working in the church is, the, is doing God's work more than being a doctor, more than being a, a politician, more than being a businessman or woman. The church is very important, but you need to know that it's just one sphere of society. We are called to communication. We are called 
to science. We are called to art and entertainment, economy, family, education, and the government, also the church. These are areas that Christians are called to have influence. I don't know what you do when you are at your job, when you are at your work. Maybe in the U.S. you are not allowed to do that. But wherever you are, God placed you there. He called you to be there. You may think, this is my business. This is where it started. No. He put you there for a purpose. To represent his glory, his kingdom. To make influence, to have influence. Wherever we are, we are called to transform people's lives. One of the joy that we have in our lives is being called to walk together. Brothers and sisters, I know being in a comfort zone, somewhere you feel comfortable, somewhere you're okay. I'm okay. I'm okay here. I'm fine. Life is good here. Come on. There's no beautiful, nothing grows over there. We need to step out and get out of our comfort zone. We need to answer the call of God. We need to say, yes, here we are. Nothing grows in the comfort zone. This is according as a body of Christ. We are only going to fulfill it when we all play our part. Paul says nothing about this in 1 Corinthians 12, 2. Diversity is the key. We cannot all do the same things or be the same person like Jess and Jack are totally different. I love these two men, but they are different. Either me and my wife, we are different. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> we can't all be doctors because who will grow the food? Who will keep the people's health? Who will, who will sit down and make the rolls? I'm not saying we don't need a church. It is a place to feed Christians each week. They present Christ in the society. There is an incredible strength in diversity. Without it, all suffers. We, the body of believers, are this body of many members, each has its vocation. Hallelujah. I love Johnny Church. We have been changed and continue to change from in and out. As I shared, as God uses David and Jesus to achieve the mighty things, he can use you. As he has raised the humble and least likely candidates to do invisible great things in bringing his kingdom, he is ready to raise you up. He does things to show his strength and glory. But the only way he can show this to us is when we're submitted to him and ready to obey. My question to you, are you, obey? Are you ready to obey? I'm sensing that there are people here that God has been speaking to them to do things, to, to go somewhere, to reach out to some people. But they have said no, maybe inside them. They say, why me doing this? 
I'm just feeling like that. God is speaking to you. Come on. Obey his voice. We just need to walk to do what he shows us to do. Because that is the most noble calling. God has used all sort of people in the history. If you read the Bible, he uses Moses. He was a murderer, a killer. He uses Jesus' disciples. They were fishermen. He uses Moses. I mean, Amos. Moses was just a sheep, uh, I mean, uh, bidder. And he uses Rahab, a prostitute. We see using King Saul. He was from the smallest tribe. He uses David, a shepherd boy. Yet God called these people at a certain time for a certain purpose. And had prepared them before ahead of time for the task to complete. If God can walk through these people, I'm sure he can walk through you. No matter the age you have, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter the size of you, no matter the education, no matter what you know in the Bible, he can use you. He can use you and me. I never thought I would be who I am today. We have a responsibility of over 900 people. They all have my number, my phone call. We have 300, uh, 430 people who depends on us to get the clean water. You saw the borehole. We have uh, dug four boreholes of water. When they get broken, they call me, hey, our borehole is broken. We have about 50 maybe families. Maybe hundreds, they always come to our center to get clean water. 110 children, they have parents. We have trained many young people, I don't know the number exactly. God can use anyone in this house. He is God who gives you life. He gave you life. And so you can give life. Let me repeat this, maybe you didn't catch it well. He is God of life. He gave you life so that you can give life. Come on, repeat me with Johnny Church. Can we stand up? Can we stand up? If we can just repeat that and go back home, that's enough. He's God who gives you life. Oh, come on. Are you ready? <laughs> he is God of life. Who gives you life. So that you can give life. Oh, Johnny Church, come on. Be African a little bit. I know you, you know, in Africa, when you come to the church, you stand like this. Not like this. So, we are ready always to jump. We are ready always to dance. Because we go down, we go up. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you ready? Okay. He is God of? Life. Who gave you? So that you can give life. life. Clap for yourself. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, God called us to serve. Even his son, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. God called me and you, just you and I, to go to make his name known. I was reminded Romans chapter 10, verse 14. 
How will they hear without anybody going to tell them? And how will they go without anyone sending them? Deliverance is plentiful. We need to answer the call of God. We are called to love. We are called to give. Come on, touch your wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm sure here you will not like me when I'm starting talking about money. I'm not here to talk about money, guys. Don't worry. We are called to give. Everything we have, it comes in, we need to open the door on the back, it goes back to his people for his glory. Amen. My wife and I have lived that kind of life for the last 11 years. We don't have things. Everything we receive is for him, for his people. Thank you, Johnny Church. Thank you. Yesterday I was talking to Sandy, I mean, about like the news that is online. Like They say, if every American would give five dollars, how many did I say? Five. There will be no hunger in the world. It will finish the hungry in the war. And I told her, if Johnny Church can give twenty-five dollars a month, it can build. I mean, in twelve months, we can build a school. In 24 months, two years, we can build a clinic that can save hundreds of lives. In the last trip, I don't know, I don't remember how many people we saved who were prisoners. Uh, you have heard, about, you were in the prison yesterday. We have prisoners in the clinics, in the hospitals. People who go there, they don't have money to pay for the bills of, I mean, they go there sick, they treat them, and then after treating them, they don't have money to pay the bills, so they keep them as a prisoners. So... I'm sure now there's hundreds of them now in the prison. Sometimes we go there with my team just to encourage them. I remember just that trip. One girl was a prisoner just because of $40, 130000 our money. And she was there as a prisoner. She was well. She was treated, but she couldn't get out. God called us to give. I want to share some pictures with you of what you guys have been investing, have, how much you have been giving. Hallelujah. Look at here. When we met these kids, it was in the last trip in November. Hopeless. Rejected by their own mother. They are half orphans. They still have one single mother, but she went out and got married to another husband. Johnny Church and Waiwam, we decided helping these kids. Just four months. Look how they look like. They had a problem, malnutrition problem. They were not eating. They were almost maybe remaining with a few months and die. Look how they look at today. There are more that we can do. Come on. <laughs> that was Rachel. Oh, they're happiest. We brought joy in these kids. You brought life. You gave life. Hallelujah. You can give life to someone. Today, they can, they, they're the most kids we have in the center who smiles a lot. They laugh. They love people. Though they never experience love. I love this young boy. Oh, come on. Look how he looked like before. He loves playing around with toys and whatever. And he's now actually the smartest boy we have in the school. You can give life. Brothers and sisters, this is a call to serve. 
God has called men and women of faith like Samuel, Jacob, Abraham, and others. Do you know their response? Their response was just simple. They say, here we are. If today, Johnny Church, you and I who are here, if we can say, Lord, here we are. Responding to the call of God. So, I hope and believe, and this is my prayer in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. As God said, then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah replied, responded, here I am, send me. Johnny Church, I pray that God will send us outside here to make impact. Ask yourself, what has God called me to do? Ask yourself, God, why are you calling me to do today? Why are you telling me to give out? Before I joined mission, I had a very good job. Actually, in Africa, it was a good job. Working in the vice president office as a supervisor. My wife had a good job as well. It was enough for us. We were making money. That was enough for, for us and maybe our kids. God spoke to us to leave that position and be where he wanted us to go. In the last nine years, we don't have home. We don't have a place to call our home. We have been traveling around, making him known. We even came here to tell you that God has a plan and purpose for your life. I believe where I grew up, the situation that happened to me, the situation that happened to you, God allows it to happen so that you can be a man and a woman that you are today. He's today using us. He's using our past. He's used, we, we share just our stories and thousand people come to Christ. We don't preach much. God wants to use your story. God is life. He gave you so that we can give. Come on, stand up. Let's pray. This is a call. And my prayer is that today, as a journey church, we will all respond to him and say, here we are, God. Speak to us. Send us wherever you want us to go. Even where you are today, God can use you. In that position, in that occupation, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you allow me, I want to pray for you. I'm not talking about life. I mean this physical life. I'm talking about life in inside you. That heart of yours. That small thing, that small passion that you feel inside you. 
that is what God wants to use. That is the kind of life that I want you to give to others. You are not here for accident. He didn't place you where you are. You didn't get that man or that woman or those kids, those beautiful children. He gave you responsibility to help them, to teach them. Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. We magnify your name, God. Thank you for bringing us here together this morning, Jesus. We believe, God, that the plans that you have for us are plans not to harm us, but plans to prosper us, to give us hope and future. Lord, I pray for my brother and my sister who is in this place, in this room today, God. Speak to us, Jesus. Speak to them, God. This is time, God. Speak to us, Jesus. We are ready, God. We want to hear from you, Jesus. Your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. Thank you for listening to the Journey Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or to connect with us in any way, please contact us by emailing us at info at journeychurchmo.com. You can also find more information on service times, events, and more on our website, www.journeychurchmo.com.